We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always my co-host Nick Pilato. Today we are here to talk about the news of the day in Giants land. And that news is that the deadline has been reached to sign players who were extended the franchise tag. And Saquon Barkley was not signed to a long-term deal with the New York Giants by the time of the deadline. Now what this means for you guys and for Giants fans alike is that he has currently extended the franchise tag offer. That's what the Giants have extended him to him. It's a little over $10 million for the year, fully guaranteed. But he has not signed the franchise tag tender yet. And he has no plans to, according to reports. According to reports, he will not sign it. And we could be looking at a likely holdout. Who knows how long this holdout will last? Could it last through all of August? Maybe. It's not like we expect him to or care about seeing him much in the preseason anyway, could it last into September and October? Could he actually take this thing to the next level and hold out into the season? Those are the questions we're going to be talking about today and over time. But before we get into any of that, I want to ask Nick, were you surprised by the, by the news today? I was not surprised by the news today. And I wanted to say one thing first, no one's like a bad guy in this situation. I see on Twitter, people suggesting that Saquon should just do X and that Joe Shane should have did Y. Each side is doing what is best for them. Saquon should look to extract as much money as possible. His plate right now is just a sad reality bound to a deteriorating running back market that all 32 teams are respecting. The last running back to sign a long-term deal, I saw Adam Schefter tweet this out, was Nick Chubb in 2021, which was $10 million plus million, so a long-term deal of $10 million plus million. That was over 700 days ago. So why should Joe Shane overpay him if other teams wouldn't give him that same exact contract? You got to operate if you're a general manager within the market of that specific position. And I think that includes Saquon Barkley. And I get that it's a little bit complex. Look at the rest of the running back market right now. Zeke, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, they were all released. Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, they took a pay cut. The modus operandi for teams at the moment is to draft, use, and recycle running backs. It's rare to find teams that invest in a running back into the second contract, and then they live to appreciate that investment. My thought, first thought is that I am very surprised by this news today. I mean, I have been operating under the impression that the Giants would come to an agreement with Saquon Barkley on a long-term deal. Now, what I thought was that 
they would have their offer out there. Barkley's camp would have his side and the Giants would be the ones who budged a little bit and offered a few more million. We saw something similar with the Daniel Jones contract negotiations. Um, at first, the Giants wanted to offer less. But ultimately, they came to a deal that was more along what Daniel Jones's side was asking for. And in the past, before Daniel Jones, we've seen this basically across history with the Giants of, you know, you have a franchise player. He's beloved by the fans like Saquon Barkley is. He's beloved in the locker room like he is. Those are the two key factors here. Beloved by the fans, beloved by the locker room. And in those cases, we've seen the Giants just re-sign those players and give them the deal. Odell Beckham, I mean, there's there's plenty that go back throughout history. And that pressure that's coming from the locker room and from the fan base, I thought would be overwhelming and ultimately be the deciding factor in the Giants caving a little bit to give him his deal. Go ahead. But aren't you glad that it wasn't? Well, we'll get into that in a little bit as far as if I'm glad or not about the news today. Just from that standpoint. Yes, I know what you're saying. Not even specifically. Right. Just like, am I glad the Giants aren't that team that's doing that? Yes, I am glad the Giants are no longer that team that's doing that. uh, Because that doesn't seem, from my perspective, like a plus EV strategy to just cave into locker room and fan base demands and pressure. And that's the whole thing with this. It's like people keep saying, what? message to send to the locker room. I'm not so sure Joe Shane has to be focused number one on that. Should that be a factor in his decision making? Sure. But how big of a factor should that be? It's not the biggest factor. The biggest factor is the long-term health of this roster and the roster build and how they're allocating cap space. It cannot be the pressure from the fans and from the locker room. The locker room specifically, they are paid to do a job these players they want to win if they win they get more money if they win they accomplish their lifelong goal of winning a super bowl these are two things that you can't take away not signing saquon barkley or not paying him what the players feel like he deserves is not going to stop them from playing their hardest because they need to for their own financial stability and because they love the game and that's what they're here for to win championships so it feels like a big talking point like oh my god what kind of message sends the locker room but ultimately, we roll around to September and when that first game plays. And I don't think there's going to be any drop off in these guys' effort level because Saquon Barkley wasn't paid. I don't think it lingers to that point. That's less of an issue for me as it seems to be for the fan base. And I think one of the biggest factors I see already in my reaction to the news, Nick, is a lot of people saying, like, shame on the Giants. They could have just came to the agreement and given him $24 million guaranteed and this and this and this or upped it by two or three guaranteed. But all of these statements, Nick, are based on no facts. They're based on quote-unquote reports of what the contract negotiations are. These contract negotiations that you're reading about, these numbers you see, may all be untrue and are more than likely, in my opinion, untrue. I think it's much more likely these contract negotiations, these numbers you're seeing, uh, $24 million, they're, they're $2 million apart, are, are not true versus that they are true because – the reason why I think this deal wasn't signed today is because the guaranteed money that Saquon Barkley's camp wants is far off from the guaranteed money that Joe Shane and Giants want to give him. I don't think it's 22 versus 24. I think we're talking about a $10 million difference in guaranteed money between what Saquon Barkley's side wanted or more between what Saquon wanted at first and what Bar- and Shane's side wanted. And to get down from 10 or let's say it's $15 million in guaranteed difference, it might have been. Their side originally might have wanted something like the McCaffrey deal, you know, with 30 to 40 Mil- how much was the McCaffrey deal in guaranteed? I'm trying to look just it over, up right now. Oh, guarantees? guarantees? I don't have that. That's really all that matters. All that really matters is the guarantee money. I'm going to look it up right now because I want to talk about it because I see a lot of Giants fans saying, oh, they could have just given him $24, 25000000 in guaranteed. That's a little over two years of the franchise tag. But would he have accepted that? 
Who knows? Because guaranteed money for the Christian McCaffrey contract was $38.12 million. That's $13 million more or $14 million more than projected what the Giants won't give Barkley. So we don't know if Barkley's camps came out and said originally, give me $36 million guaranteed. Give me $35 million guaranteed. And then Giants said, and eh, we kind of only want to do 22 million guaranteed. Now they're 15 million apart or 13 million apart in guarantees. And that's a hard number to get down to. So I don't want to see people saying like, oh, the Giants made the mistake here because we don't know if Barkley's side ever got down to saying, you know what? I'll take 24 million guaranteed. You know what? I'll take 25. They might have been like, we want 30 or more no matter what. This is what we're worth. Pay us what we're worth. And that's where, you know, we got to the impasse here. This entire conversation, even this podcast, there's a lot of conjecture. No one is really 100% certain what those numbers were that Joe Shane offered Saquon Barkley's camp. But what we do know is the state of the running back market. We do know that we're six franchise tags slapped on six players around the NFL. Three of them were running backs. Three tags were signed with extensions. So Evan Ingram, Deron Payne, Lamar Jackson all got extended. The three running backs, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, none of them. Does that mean, oh, wow, the Giants definitely made the right choice? Not necessarily. But if you just read the room, what is going on right now around the NFL and how teams are not investing in those running backs? And as I said a little bit earlier, the teams that do don't appreciate it by what the first or second year into that contract. They're trying to either get out of the contract, trade the player or have him take a pay cut, as we saw with Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. So that's the way I'm looking at it, because we don't know the numbers. It's, it's difficult to really understand what Saquon Barkley's camp and Joe Shane and, and Kevin Abrams were, were saying to Saquon Barkley's camp because we have no idea what the hell the numbers were. Yeah, we just don't know. And I think that's the important factor here with, with people saying, you know, the Giants should have done this. Giants should have done that. The one thing we do know is since 2009, there hasn't been a single Super Bowl winner with anything but a committee at running back, not paying the position. We know that for a fact. That's a large sample size. That is over a decade plus of Super Bowl winners that did not pay the running back position. We also know that data keeps showing us that there is a steady decline in production from the running back position past the age of 27 years old. Saquon Barkley is currently 26 years old. These are facts. These are things that we know that people don't want to accept if they're on the side of the Barkley must be re-signed camp, but you have to accept them because they're facts. They cannot be debated. This is just the reality of the situation right now. The Giants could have re-signed him to this mega deal and they could have hoped he's an outlier. It's still possible he can be an outlier and he can be just as impactful and effective at age 30, but he would have to be an outlier versus the data. And we do know also that, like you said, Nick, currently the running back market has only declined. I saw something today or yesterday that the franchise tag for running backs is the is cheaper than it was like three, four years ago or in 2016. Meanwhile, over that same span, quarterbacks have doubled franchise tag price and receivers have gone up by like 50%. So that's also the NFL telling us that they don't want to pay this position. They don't believe in it. It doesn't mean you can't invest in it, right? The Seattle Seahawks just use back-to-back second-round picks on running backs. I kind of love it. I kind of love it because now they have one of the most talented backfields in the NFL. They don't have to worry about one injury ruining their whole backfield because they put all their eggs in the basket of one player, both financially and roster bill-wise. And they're two million against the cap or fewer for the next four years of team control. Like that's as good as it gets. So I still, you can still believe in investing in running back, but just not investing in the second contract of the running back. And that's where I know both you and I stand. So for us, this doesn't bother us. This news ultimately Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, will have to play under this franchise tag this year. It's his only real option. He can pretend he's going to hold out, miss most of training camp, all of which time, which he already knows the offense. He's already played one year in the system. I'm not worried about any of that. His timing with Daniel Jones is fine in the passing game. His timing with the offensive line is fine in the run game. So none of that concerns me. But ultimately, he's going to have to play out this tag. And because of this, Nick, I think, and I'll ask you this now, 
in my mind, this decision today all but guaranteed Saquon Barkley has no future beyond at most next year with this team. They they might tag him again next year, in which case I think he might actually hold out or might like demand a trade. But I don't see, based on today, there being any case where the Giants come to a long-term agreement with Barkley at this point because after he plays out this season on the tag, that's another year older. Now he's reached that magical number of 27 where running backs typically tend to fall off a cliff. And are the Giants then going to give him a better offer next year? Probably not. So the real crazy part about today's decision to me was just that this really does signal the end of any chance of Barkley like kind of playing out his whole career with the Giants in my mind. Say at the end of training camp, Barkley signs the the franchise tag. He comes back to the Giants, has a good season. The Giants are just going to slap the franchise tag on him again. The guaranteed number is going to go up from 10 to 12. So you're looking at $22 million guaranteed for Saquon Barkley over the next two seasons, but you're 100% right. The Giants aren't going to then turn around and be like, you know what? Now with another year of, of wear and tear on your legs, we're going to give you a long-term contract. You're 100% spot on the last year. Saquon Barkley more than likely will have with the New York Giants is the 2024 season. And there's still so much that has to play out between now and then. And that's what makes the situation so interesting, in my opinion, with negotiation for this position versus every other NFL position. You look at any other NFL position and that's a guy coming off his rookie deal at 26 years old. There would never have to be the situation where you have to prove yourself. Uh, Look, you've already proven yourself on the field. Barkley has already proven himself on the field. If they tag him, the Giants, and he goes through and plays it out like you just suggested, there's nothing the Giants need to see production wise, that's going to change their opinion on the contract. It's literally has all to do with the market value of running backs, the longevity of the position and the positional value, which cannot be just buried because a lot of teams are believing that one, this is a pass first league where you should be allocating most of your resources to the passing game. And two, a run game is not defined by one running back. A run game can be defined by a committee of backs or by a scheme and or by the actual guys blocking up front. All three of those factors likely at play, including the running back. That's four factors, but he's one of four factors. And even in that case, he's only one player and one injury to that player. If you put all your eggs in that basket and you're in a bad spot, you're in a terrible spot. And if Saquon Barkley does want to hold out, say week one comes around and he's not dressed, he loses like 600 K per game off of his $10 million franchise tag, a little bit north of $10 million. That's not wise for the longevity of your wallet or the financial health of your family, depending on what happens to you in the future. So it's really not behoove of Saquon Barkley to hold out. The Giants have a lot of leverage in this situation. And I know it's it's brutal. <laughs> it's a little bit ruthless, Dan, but that's just the reality of the running back market, as we've said several times throughout the podcast. It sucks. Like the NFL should make a salary cap exception yeah, for, for sure. this position, but that won't happen until the next CBA, which as Barkley said a few months ago is like 10 years from now. So that until then, this is the reality of the situation. It's only going in one direction. The Giants could have changed that by giving him this massive McCaffrey like contract, but that would have been reversing the direction of all of their teams. And they would have been kind of the zags, the zig, the zaggers while other people are zigging. But it's like, yeah, in general, I like when you zag when other people zig, it gives, it gives you a chance to get an edge, but doesn't feel like it here right like do you really want to be the one zagging on positional value for running backs positional longevity for running backs a position that gets injured all the time and falls off at 27 and then finally for just like the market value do you want to be the one that pay crazy amounts to a position that no one's paying anything to it just all seems negative ev to me and it's hard for me to hear the case from the other side that it's positive ev and i know there is a few other things to think about there but i want to talk about one thing that you just mentioned with potential for saquon to hold out let's say for a few games into the season i believe you can go like i don't know how many i think it's four or six games holding out and then you uh lose eligibility like you have to play then to to get to become a free agent for the next season 
Um, he loses, you said he loses 600K a game. I think this decision today by Joe Shane, like let's say that's a reality, right? Let's say Shane is at least somewhat concerned that Barkley may hold out into the regular season. Maybe he thinks he's probably not going to, but maybe he thinks there's a chance, right? This decision today tells me a few things. It tells me, one, Joe Shane is putting the future of the team ahead of the 2023 season. A lot of Giants fans just want all-in resources for 2023. Keep building on what they showed last year. They want a playoff game. Do everything you can to win right now. But Joe Shane is not thinking about building out a roster like that. He's thinking about 2023, 2024, 2025, all of those future seasons. And that also tells me that the decision to re-sign Daniel Jones wasn't just simply, I need to keep this thing going for 2023. It was, I think there's a projection in my head that Daniel Jones can become a much better quarterback working with Brian Dable and Kafka. He can improve in ways X, A, uh, you know, ways X, Y, Z to get to the point where he can be a much better player for us in 2025 and 2026. It wasn't just about jamming him in for 2023 because what happens if we don't sign Jones? What are we going to do? And that says a lot to me about their evaluation on Jones, the fact that they did this, because if they had just signed Saquon Barkley, this mega contract that his camp wanted, and they did it with Jones, it would be like, all right, well, they're just kind of doing that all in thing for 2023 and, and, and paying them, you know, what, they, what they what they can be at their best rather than you know what they are right now but they're making the projection on Jones versus Barkley they're making the opposite projection they're projecting that he's going to go downhill if we sign him that longer contract it'll get worse and worse and worse and worse every year versus Jones they're hoping gets better and better and better so I thought that was really interesting too I think it's interesting but it's also part and parcel with just the positions man quarterback position he's 25 years old Daniel Jones right now coming off of his best season and we know Daniel Jones's limitations we've discussed them often on this podcast but Saquon Barkley is 26 years old with a lot of injuries in his past playing the running back position you got to look at the position how the rest of the league is handling the position from a market standpoint and then you can rationalize what the general manager is doing and I have no ill will for what Joe Shane did right now I've heard according to Ryan Dunleavy I think he said that the, and again, it's conjecture. I'm not really 100% sure if this is accurate, but that the two were, were were close, but both sides felt like they capitulated enough that they couldn't really bring it together and bridge the contract together. And there is a part of me that's like, look, it shows that Joe Shane, he can negotiate, right? Some of his, uh, but he but he has conviction and he's not going to overpay players. And this was the, the best microcosm of that with Saquon Barkley for all of the reasons that you laid out, all the exterior factors and variables that you discussed earlier in the podcast, and. And he didn't capitulate all the way. He said, no, this is what we believe you're worth. And if you think you're worth more, then look, we have more leverage. We can assign this franchise tag. It's going to affect you financially. It's just the reality of the situation. Yep. And, you know, we're at a point here where the where the Giants put in their mind the roster build ahead of the player and the locker room and the fan base. And that, to me, is a good thing in general. Maybe it's not in this specific situation. We may come to regret this, Nick. I don't know. Sure. The Giants may come to regret this. I think, though, right now, process-wise, it feels good that Joe Shane has full control over this. Mr. Mara is obviously not playing a role because we know very full well, you know, we know if Mr. Mara had as much of a say as he has in the past, Saquon Barkley would have been signed way earlier than this to a mega contract, probably close to the Christian McCaffrey deal, and that's it. But Joe Shane's saying, you know, here he's saying, I got to tell you, man, I look at the position, and I kind of feel like you draft these guys, you let them play out the deal, you franchise tag them, and then you go rebuild through the draft and look back at the position through the draft. So speaking of the draft, the Giants did draft a running back this year, Eric Gray. And now 
the interesting thing for me, Nick, is he may have a much better opportunity in year one than ever expected because if Saquon Barkley does hold out all of August, let's say, the entirety of training camp and the preseason comes back for week one of the 2023 regular season, what does that mean for Eric Gray in your mind? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think Eric Gray would get more run, but I still think Matt Burita is going to be involved. I think there would be an open competition. We've talked about how this coaching staff is meritoriously based. So Gary Brightwell might factor into it. Who knows? Maybe just Sean Corbin could factor into it. If, if I had to put my money on somebody, it would be Eric Gray. And I think Eric Gray might be one of those players that, Saquon Barkley, let's look at it from a fantasy perspective. The draft is coming around. Eric Gray might be moving on up in a lot of people's minds if, if the conversation surrounding Saquon Barkley continues to sour. I was going to pay attention to Eric Gray no matter what, because we're not sure if Saquon Barkley is going to be here next season or the year after that. So it's a little bit more interesting, which is going to happen. And he's going to probably get a lot of valuable reps in training camp as well, which could go a long way for a fifth round rookie. Yeah, I think that's the key here. He could get a lot more reps and he could have a better opportunity within that to move up and get those first team reps, which he needs to create a role for him on the offensive side of the ball. I think before this news, it was probably likely that he would have less of a role in year one on offense, at least than people are hoping for and than people are expecting. But if he now has a chance to work, cause like, think about it like this. If Saquon Barkley was there for all of August and they signed this long-term contract already, Barkley's getting most of the first team reps. Brita will mix in bright will mix in. And then you'll see like the occasional report, like gray got a rep with Daniel Jones here or there, but without Barkley there, there's a really good chance that he could be getting 20, 25% more reps than he would have got with Barkley there. And then all you need is a few reps to prove to yourself that you belong in the offense and say Zaquan Barkley did actually hold out for games in the season. Well, they're not going to run Brita like they ran Barkley from a snap share standpoint. So someone else has to take those reps. And honestly, Eric Gray, out of all the guys on the roster, might be built the best for a workhorse role. He has performed it already at the collegiate level. He's, he's shown different things in the passing game that I think the Giants would like to work with and like to have him on the field for. And despite being a, a somewhat small back, I think he's like 209, he's built low to the ground with that low center yeah. of gravity. And I feel like that helps him. The contact balance he has and also the way that he initiates contact. It's like it's a style that I've seen running backs have that doesn't get injured a lot. It's weird. It's not based on facts. This is a this is an eye <laughs> test thing. But that style of running back to me is much more likely to be able to handle a big workload than a Matt Breida type who's a little bit longer, a little bit less of a stocky build, a little bit runs a little higher. And I feel like those guys can get cut at the at the legs, fall awkwardly and get hurt a little bit more often. Make no mistake about it. And I know you share this opinion, but 
without Saquon Barkley, the Giants are going to be a worse offense. That's of going to be the trade-off here. This isn't a clear-cut yeah, this isn't a clear-cut solution to Saquon Barkley not being there. It's only going to be the trade-off of having this committee approach with Brita and Eric Gray, and that trade-off obviously also comes with the fact that the Giants aren't compromising their long-term health by investing in a running back. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, we'll have, it's the compromise the Giants are making. They're <laughs> compromising part of the 2023 season, potentially, but likely not, in my opinion. I still think the most likely scenario is Saquon Barkley plays week one. Yes. His story gets buried for the until the offseason, and it is what it is. Maybe there's some hard feelings with Barkley in management. Maybe Barkley isn't the same leader he was. But if any of that stuff does happen and you see that play out, well, then one, it's not good for his long-term future, no matter who he signs with after the Giants. Like, you don't want to be known as, like, this locker room malcontent. So I don't really feel like he has leverage to do anything other than play, give it his all, and be the same locker room guy he was because someone, he eventually hopes that someone will have to pay him his long-term deal, whether that be the Giants or not. And I think, honestly, obviously, we've discussed already, but at this point, it's unlikely to be the Giants. It's brutal to be a running back right now. Like, I feel bad for Saquon Barkley. Again, <laughs> you just got to think about some of these running backs. You got to think about some of the running back contracts that were given out in the past, like Todd Gurley. That's the one that really sticks out because the Rams signed Todd Gurley early in 2018, and that rhymed. And he was released before ever playing a down on the new contract that he signed, which would have extended through the 2023 season. And they had to eat over $20 million at dead cap. And that just obliterated the entire like running back market. It was already kind of going downwards, spiraling downwards around that time. You remember Todd Gurley had a lot of injury yep. issues back at Georgia. But then after that, you just started seeing teams being like, I don't know if I want to. Invest. And then all the teams that did invest, they're all, as we said, they're all cutting back now. So the Giants opted to go in the opposite direction. The more prudent direction yeah they 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 did everything right from an ev from an expected value standpoint when i say ev i mean expected value it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. it's going to work out saquon exactly. barkley could be insanely healthy for the next five years of his career and dominant and then they're going to wish they had signed him to that contract obviously that's how they like you can say that about anything in life but yeah. you have to go with your best bet and the best bet is do not invest long-term money in the running back position no matter who it is saquon barkley gail sanders barry sanders yeah, whatever barry sanders gail sanders yeah there's gail sanders i was thinking barry sanders in my head like these guys, like those guys you would have liked to, obviously they had long careers, but it's like, that's different. The game is so different today and the position, what, what, and the, and the allocation, because a it's a salary cap league right now. That's really the key factor here. And so it, it surprised me because I thought it would be the old giants way, but it's not clearly. And I know some fans are going to have a really hard time accepting this, but you have to start thinking about things like we've talked about today. Like, what does this mean for Barkley long-term? What does it mean for Eric Gray in year one? It's a tough business for these for these general managers. And look, like I said, there is a large contingent of this fan base who hates the news today and felt like no matter what, you got to give Barkley whatever the hell he wants. That's just how it is. Oh, we're going to get shit all in the comments, bro. I'm sure. I'm sure. But not all, because a lot of Giants fans do recognize like the prudence of this decision as well by Joe Shane. So it's an interesting spot. Uh, anything else on this on this uh, decision today or, or, you know, what what your expectations are now moving forward? Now I just wonder if the Giants would look to invest if it really looks like Saquon Barkley is not going to come back or what have you, if they're going to look to bring in another running back or they'll just allow Gary Brightwell, Deshaun Corbin to battle it out. For camp, I don't think they will add. Well, no. I think they'll add like a camp body potentially just to be like, a, like yes. a crappy guy, like an undrafted, not crappy guy, like an undrafted free agent they hope to find strike lightning with. Um, but as far as like a Dalvin Cook, I know some people have have DM me and, and tweeted me asking about like, do the Giants just rescind the tag and sign a Dalvin Cook? It's like, 
I don't think so. I feel like the Giants in this spot are happier to have a franchise tag Saquon Barkley, who really in reality has no leverage and has to play the season out. As malcontent as he would be, as angry as he would be, as what message that sends the locker room, I still think it's better ultimately than rescinding the tag and signing a Dalvin Cook type for a multitude of reasons. One, yeah. Barkley fits the offense better. Two, Barkley's a much better player than Dalvin Cook. Three, Dalvin Cook to me is basically zone-based or nothing, and this is not a zone-based offense, and I don't want him in this offense. And then four, it's like, will the locker room be more mad if the Giants don't pay their favorite player, Saquon Barkley, or they'd be more mad if they just get rid of them altogether and throw Dalvin Cook or Kareem Hunt or whatever into the mix. They're going to get over it. That's the that's the fact. That's like my bottom line here. The Giants players are going to get over it. Saquon Barkley is going to show up because he has no real other option that makes any sense. He's going to play week one, and by the time that week one game is finished, hopefully the Giants win it everything's going to be all right. It really will be because what other options these players have to just keep complaining about this Barkley situation for the whole year. No, they're going to cheer him on. They're going to root him on. He's still going to be the big focal point of the locker room and the contract. It's kind of going to get buried once week one starts. I think or the, the thoughts of it. I was thinking someone like Antonio Williams. So I'm talking about someone cheap 25 okay. year old running back who is familiar with the team. Maybe the giants will bring him in, give him a shot, but week one, bro. Giants got the Dallas freaking Cowboys at home. It's not great. That's not great. I'd much rather see Saquon Barkley back there than have a rookie Eric Gray paired with Matt Breida. And you know how important those divisional games are going to be this year. So maybe that's the little kernel of leverage. But then the Giants could be like, do you really want to lose 600K? It's a pretty damn penny. You could buy a studio apartment in Hoboken <laughs> with that. <laughs> not in Hoboken anymore, probably. You probably can't buy that anywhere in, in the Northeast. Dude, that six that's crazy. That's getting you much. I, I don't even think it gives you a studio these days in the Northeast. But yeah, I know. I know what the point you're trying to make is, and it, and that's the spot that Barkley's in. And I, I do feel bad for him too. I want to make that clear. Like he did yeah. everything he was supposed to. He came back from the injury, stayed healthy all season, played through a shoulder injury, put up big numbers, carried the offense in Week One and other weeks as well. Was the focal point until the second half of the season supposedly defensive coordinators are scheming around him. I don't personally believe that, but supposedly that's the case. I think the film tells another story. I think I just, I, I don't know if you disagree with that. I just feel like defensive coordinators are scheming around the offensive scheme. They're not scheming around one player unless that player is a receiver. I see that all the time. Like what the giants did with Justin Jefferson. I very rarely see scheming around the running back. I see team scheme like the Eagles did around the giants pass game being quick passing game. They're sitting on every route and they were driving down a line of scrimmage because they didn't need to care about the deep half in the pass game. But again, all of that was not based on Barkley being in the backfield. It was based on the pass game. It's all starts with the pass game, either a receiver who's rolling coverage his way or a quarterback who's throwing into intermediate and deep rage often enough for defenses to have to respect it. I very, very rarely see teams that are just like totally selling out for the running back. I mean, the, I, you could say the Giants did in week one with Derrick Henry. That you can say. Um, and I'm sure there were some examples of it, but it's not as common as people think, in my opinion. I think defenses were certainly, if they had to circle somebody, they were circling 26 yes. and they were scheming against him to a degree. But I, I have seen, maybe this is where you're coming from, Dan. People on Twitter, you and I were critical of Daniel Jones. But I feel like there are a lot of people on Twitter absolutely like taking away the fact that Daniel Jones's legs were such a big and important part of the 2022 offense. Daniel Jones's legs, look, if that first read wasn't there in the quick hitting offense, he used his legs often. And that threw a wrench in a lot of what defensive coordinators were attempting to do, just depending on how teams were playing Saquon Barkley when he was releasing into the flat. Like little simple things like that, him releasing into the flat. I felt like Daniel Jones did an excellent job using quick hitches and hooks from stacks to the boundary, especially at the end of the season. To Daniel Ballinger, to Richie James and players like that to 
to fill the void of the player who was covering Saquon Barkley if it was in a man coverage type of situation or a match type of situation, especially if Saquon Barkley was the fast three to a two receiver side. 26 was the the number one guy, but I didn't really appreciate seeing a lot of people just absolutely being like Daniel Jones is a pure passenger here. It's like, no, man, you got to give Daniel Jones some credit. He's not a top five quarterback like some Giant fans think that he is, but Daniel Jones still executed plenty of times, rose to the occasion a lot last year in third and, and like 10 plus situations. He, he did very well down the stretch of the year. And, and I think a lot of people are kind of trying to take that away because he got paid and Saquon Barkley didn't. And I don't even think those two situations are comparable. Yeah. I want to make it clear. That is where I'm coming from. It's like, he was still like, he's the focal point of the offense. Even scorters were scheming around him. What I meant to say, and this is to make this clear so people can try to hopefully understand this. <laughs> it's very different to scheme around as a defense coordinator around a running back than it is around a receiver. It's night and day. You're doing so much to take away Justin Jefferson from a schematic standpoint. Yes. We're not doing nearly as much to take away any running back, no matter what his name is. You are also doing so much to take away Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, two high shells, constantly keeping everything in front of you. You are never doing the same thing for running back. It's the nature of the position. Defense coordinators are scheming to stop the pass game first. That's the reality of the situation. Sometimes, like in the Eagles game, and the Giants couldn't move the ball at all, it works in, in conjunction with each other, right? Like, you can stop the passing game by driving on all those those in, those quick-breaking routes, while also stopping the run game by not respecting the deep half and driving on any Saquon Barkley carry, driving all your safeties and defensive backs downhill. It works sometimes together, but the reality is it's not the same to try to stop a Justin Jefferson or a Patrick yeah. Mahomes as it is to try to stop any running back, and that's the reality. And also, on the Daniel Jones front, I've seen something that was stupid that people have said, which is the only reason Daniel Jones rushed for so many yards is because people were worried about the threat of Saquon Barkley. Well, go fact check that because most of Daniel Jones rushing yards were not on design runs. They were on scrambles. What is a scramble? A scramble is a drop back where the call is a pass play and Jones decides to run. That has nothing to do with Barkley. Literally zero to do with Barkley. You can put any running back next to him in pass protection on those plays or flared out. The only routes that Barkley was basically running, 80% of his routes, flare routes, and Jones is still going to be able to run the ball just the same on those scramble plays. So keep that in mind. And when it comes to those flare routes, like I didn't really personally feel like the defense was playing an insane amount of attention because it was 26. I feel like they're going to have to send somebody out there in the flat no matter That's, who it is. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, does that even really do anything? I also personally felt like Barkley didn't make enough people miss on those catches. Personally, it felt like not 2018 Barkley where everyone was missing when he was in space in a phone booth like that. Sometimes he did. Sometimes he didn't. It is what it is on that front. I, it's just, look, bringing it back to the meat and to the center here. The Giants ultimately need to find an offense that team defensive coordinators are scheming to stop the passing game, right? No matter what, yes, Barkley was the focal point last year, but that's not a blueprint for winning Super Bowls consistently, competing for Super Bowls consistently. And that's what Joe Shane told us today. And it's hard for me not to get behind that. As much as I like Saquon Barkley as a human being and an athlete, and I'm sure the players do and, and as well, it's not the best long-term plan for winning Super Bowls on a consistent basis. It is a good plan and for getting to the wild card game, but you got to hope for something a little bit more than that. And it's not the plan that other teams are also adhering to right now. Right. So if, if you're like Saquon Barkley, try the market. Saquon Barkley might not get what you're willing to pay him on the market. So why are you going to force yourself to pay him that? As you said back in like early June, or maybe it was even late May, there is a market. You have to respect the market. Why would you not respect the market? You would be a fool to not pay attention to the market. And that's what Joe Shane did.
And that's why, you know, some fans are going to be happy about it. Some fans are going to be pissed. We'll find out soon in the comments and in the coming days. But thank you to everyone tuning into the Big Blue Banter podcast. More content coming this week. And a little shout out to what's coming next week, which I'm very excited for. A mega training camp preview with our buddy, friend of the podcast, David Syverson of Our Lads. I know you guys love the David Size shows. And Size coming back on. And he's given us a large block of time. So I'm probably going to make, we're probably going to turn this into a two-part mega training camp preview. We just talk about literally every topic that surrounds this team, X's and O's position battles everything so hopefully you guys will enjoy that as much as i am enjoying thinking about it because i'm very excited for that one um otherwise please give us a rating and review on podcast um, itunes or spotify hit the subscribe button on this youtube page hit the like button on any youtube video you ever watch of us that's all we ask for all right have a good rest of your day